Welcome to Unprofessional and Unprepared, our lighthearted weekly conversation about sports, life, fatherhood, and whatever else comes up with no script and no preparation. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and this week, we take a break with the Browns, talk Cavs, Guardians, MLB Lockout, and the return of a classic musical to the big screen. I am joined for a rare Sunday afternoon episode by two of the best ever. Co-host Phil Denko is here. Hi, Gerbs. Thanks for having me. You bet, buddy. Director of Teen Outreach, Smiling Chuck Rimbaldo is here as well. <laughs> Ooh, these <laughs> that, titles get better every week. Hi. <laughs> is that too creepy? A little bit. No, I like it. I like that. How about uh, Supply Chain Coordinator Chuck Rambaldo is here as well? <laughs> I'm in trouble if that's it. Yeah. I'm doing my job well. I'd be in trouble either way. All right, Chucky, let's start with you. Last weekend, dozens of customers at Britain's highest pub were trapped by heavy snowfall. The bar, named the Tan Hill Inn, is located at the Yorkshire Dales and is set at about 1,700 feet above sea level. Guests arrived on Friday to watch an Oasis tribute band, and before Wonderwall was over, a heavy snow had caused roads to shut down and be blocked by down power lines. The fans were still stuck at the pub three days later. Generally, everyone inside appeared to be in good spirits, with some expressing a desire to stay. So Chuck, is this the best disaster you've ever heard of? And should we plan a yearly trip to the Tan Hill Inn sometime soon? <laughs> it is. It's a great disaster. And it's not the first time it's happened at this pub. Really? But also, side note, do you want to know what the name of the cover band was? Absolutely. Oasis. How no awesome Asus. is that? No Oasis. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> I mean, that would be like the only issue, I guess. Like 36 hours later, if I'm still hearing Wonderwall, yeah. that might be the only yeah. problem I would have. Like, I hope they went deep into album cuts or something, or they know some other songs. But getting drunk for three days with a, a bunch of people sounds not too bad to me. How many minutes into that? Would you be shouting play some Springsteen to that? To that <laughs> uh, really, really yeah. quickly. Before yeah, we even knew one. it was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still the first part of the show, I think. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of shows, let's start one. And we'll right. start at our first segment. We'll stay at home. The Browns were on a bye week. They didn't have to play anyone this week, but they still abandoned the run too early. Uh, so with no Browns game to talk about, let's visit our friends in the AFC North. Today, the Bengals hosted the Chargers, and the Chargers helped the Browns out, getting a 41-22 win against the Bengals. This afternoon, as we're recording, the Steelers are playing the Ravens in Pittsburgh. Are we ready to do it? Can you bring yourself to root for the Steelers today? Because that's the best thing for the Browns. Yeah, I can do it. I'm comfortable in my own skin. <laughs> Chuck, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm married to a Steeler fan. My in-laws are all Steeler fans. There's a lot of Steeler games on in this house, so I've never openly rooted for them. But today, yeah, I mean, the game's on, so I'm, I'm hoping they win. Why not? Especially since, I don't know when it was, like two or three years ago, and I, my, my brother-in-law was at the Steeler game where they needed to brown, the Browns to win. I don't even know if you guys remember the video circulating in that stadium of their crowd chanting here we go brownies the no, Steeler fans need no. the browns to win that so i was with my brother-in-law and i said i will never fucking do that for the Steelers <laughs> if, the, if the roles were reversed here yeah i'm uh i'll i'll root for the Steelers today phil do you think the Steelers can pull it out nope <laughs> chuck how about you <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, why not? It's been such a weird year. Yeah. Why not? If their defense plays well, like the Browns defense does, maybe, I don't know. Anything's possible. I still think the Ravens are secretly shitty and their win over the Browns last week did not change my mind at all. So I, I would be shocked if the Steelers won, but anything can happen and go Steelers. If I had a terrible towel, I'd be waving it right now. But since the Browns are on a bye, we can move on from that pretty quickly. Let's go straight to our sip of wine and gold weekly Cavs recap and wine. Nothing, fellas. The Cavs are so hot. We are sipping fireball this week. Uh, <laughs> the Cavs opened the, the week with a win against a good Dallas team. They followed with a win against a shorthanded Miami team and started the weekend by absolutely thumping the Wizards on Friday night, which was a lot of fun. They're finishing off the week with a game this afternoon against the Jazz. They just started the third quarter, and they're down by five. Chucky, what is three straight blowout wins in a row against pretty good teams tell you about the Cavs? That they're way better than we we thought two weeks ago, a month ago, six weeks ago, two months ago. Uh, I'm not saying they're overachieving. They're just doing something different in the NBA where – most of the times guys are just chucking threes. These dudes are daring you to attack the rim. I don't know how hot they stay uh, or if they're for real, but they're for real right now. And if this team continues like this, it might be one of my favorite Cavs teams like all time. And that means if they even do like a play in for a playoff, I don't care. Nobody expected this. Still think they're thin. And if they're serious, they, they might have to make a move for some guard help. But I was not disappointed to be called the Cavs correspondent. And you wanted to make me watch games early in the season. <laughs> yeah. But now it's just like, Look at how well it worked out well, for you, man. Yeah, yeah, it worked out great for me. It's been awesome. <laughs> Phil, what do you think? I think it's great. I, I agree with Chuck. Um, this is a, a fun team to watch. Even the that rough patch where they lost four or five in a row, they were still in games despite not starting any of their seven footers because they were out. You know, this is a, a, a team that's fun to watch. They have a lot of heart. They got to stay healthy. If this is who they are and they're going to maintain it through this year, they cannot afford to lose these seven footers, you know, the, and, and the young studs for extended periods of time, they just don't have the, uh, the firepower beyond that. I think coming into the year, we probably would have thought, Oh, if we lost Sexton for the year would be in trouble. Cause that's a lot of points. And we even mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, like that's a lot of points to make up, but the way they play the game, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter. Cause we could use his offense at times. I'm sure but they, they play it so well and so balanced because of the way their front court and their back court is set up. If you look at their box score at the end of a game, there's like four or five, six guys in double figures. Yeah. And then it's there's like double two or three guys with double doubles. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So it's exciting. I think, you know what? Maybe this is exactly who this team is. And uh, we'll be talking about how secretly shitty they are like the Milwaukee Bucks come the end of the season. Yeah, you know, a lot of stuff that you read right now about them, and we're about a, a little more than a quarter way through the season. It has shifted from... At the beginning of the year, there were all these questions about whether these big guys were going to be able to play together. Does it make sense to have Allen and Mobley on the floor together? And, oh, yeah, okay, we'll throw in Markin in too. <laughs> and it's kind of shifted to, hey, it's working with these big guys, and this is definitely a team that has a shot of getting at the play-in. But, you know, right now, they're the sixth-ranked team in the East, uh, and they've actually played really consistently all season. It's just that they hit a patch there for a week and a half where half the team was injured. I think we're selling them short if we think this is a team that can just barely eke into the playoffs. Again, as long as they stay healthy, because that's always the issue with every one of our teams. I mean, look at what happened to the Indians last year. That was a playoff team until the entire starting rotation got hurt. But as long as they stay healthy, I think this is definitely a team that gets into the playoffs and can cause people some problems, man. And they're a lot of fun. I'm not sure it's my favorite Cavs team of all time yet. You know, the team in the 90s, 
with Price and Doherty and Nance is a pretty fun one. And of course, LeBron put together a team that won a title. So those are all those are good teams, yeah. too. But right. I'm, I was just saying that just such like a pleasant surprise. They were a young team in the 80s who played really well and we're growing up. So we're obviously going to love that team. And LeBron delivers the championships. So we're obviously going to love those teams. But this just kind of came out of nowhere this year. And I think you're right here when you're saying that we might be selling them short because they're beating playoff teams. Yeah. You know, like we're, we're going through however many games they have each week. And you're saying, well, we could. And we said, hey, if they get one win, we'll take it. But they beat up on the Heat. I don't care if the Heat was under under man. I don't give a shit about that. They beat the Wizards. They're playing with the Jazz today. So you're probably right. If everything stays healthy uh, and maybe they add a piece or two, probably yeah. a guard. John Wall's out there. I don't know how he'd fit on this team, but he might. You know what I mean? Like somebody can get minutes and buckets, create his own shot. I just think like it's going to endear itself to the city and to us as fans if they make a make a run. If we're going to compare this team to any of our favorite Cavs teams, it is that team of the late 80s, early 90s, because we have talent players on the floor at all times coming up together right now as opposed to one of the greatest players to ever lace up a pair of basketball right. shoes surround him with whatever he wants and let's go out there and yeah. try to, to, to yeah. be teams this is different you know we talk about their lack of depth that's just because we it's a young team and we don't we don't have that we need that second wave of guys to kind of to make their mark, but you got Kevin Love coming off the bench and he looked pretty good this past week doing he, that. He played fantastic. Yeah, this week. he has. And, he and was he's, really good this week. And all accounts is he's he's good with this role. So, you know, yeah, this is this could be much like that team of the late 80s, early 90s. We're like, OK, we're going to defend on one side of the floor and we can score any way on the other side of the floor. And I think it's also a little bit more fun maybe than LeBron's teams, because this is just a better brand of basketball to watch you know it's not just clear the floor let lebron drive either make a layup get fouled or kick it out to somebody to shoot a three these guys are moving all the time the defense is fantastic this is just a more entertaining brand of basketball i think i worry that ricky rubio is averaging more than 30 minutes a game right now and that number is going up since Sexton went down and he's been playing great but man i, I just at his age i don't think he can keep those minutes going and it's who do we go out to get a, a fill in for some of those minutes who handles the ball anybody interested in ben simmons joining the Cavs <laughs> this <No>. season <laughs> although no. yeah, i don't know uh, i said like maybe yeah I, yeah but what do you, you're going to have to the asking price might be too high for him that's uh, probably that's what i suggest problem, like yeah. john wall who's not happy with his his role, you know, a guy who could handle the ball, create his own shot. But I, all of a sudden, there seems to be a real chemistry on this team that maybe we didn't think right. existed. And I, I don't know whoever they bring in can can play with it. I'm not sure. I agree with that. I don't think you want to mess with that. You see some of these guys, especially like uh, the big guys like Allen and Mobley seem to love playing with Garland. He yeah. seems to feed off getting them the ball in, you know, all these all these ways it gets some easy shots and stuff. And that's been a lot of fun to watch. I don't know. It seems like they need to make a move for a guard to try to fill in for some of those Colin Sexton minutes. But I, I agree also that I don't want to just bring in some knucklehead who's going to mess with, you know, what's going on quarter way through the season. Uh, Chucky, who's the MVP so far for the Cavs? That's tough because I would think, God, this is a lot like <laughs> who's got a stick. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're getting a, a double, double, mostly out of Jared Allen. That guy's a legitimate all-star. He should, he should make that all-star team. But for me, it might be Garland. Like the guy's playing out of his mind a lot. And, um, picking up slack when Sexton went down. So it might be him, an undersized guard who I was a little nervous about their, you know, him and Sexton being so small at the beginning of the year, but he fits really well. So I think it, 
God, there's too many choices here. <laughs> it could be Mobley <laughs> uh, when he's healthy and he's been healthy and, and marketing's putting up 20 plus points in, in every other game. So the right answer here is probably Jared Allen. This is what you like, right? Like you've got production coming out of four five, six players. And, and that's fantastic. MVP at this point, I, I would agree with Allen. I think that guy, when he's on the floor, he makes a difference in the game. He might not be scoring a ton of buckets, but he is blocking shots, rebounding, playing defense. He makes a difference from his size and his athleticism and just his ability to get up and down the floor and cause matchup problems for the other team. Easy Sunday afternoon. We all agree. Uh, I'm with you guys. I think it's Jared <laughs> Allen. I actually don't even think it's close, man. I think that this guy has, he has held this team together from day one this season. And I think has been the best player they put on the floor night in and night out. Mobley still looks so lost sometimes on offense. You know, he's still learning, you know, he's still so young, but he makes up for it on defense and rebounding and stuff like that. So it's not like he's a liability out there, but I've, I've really loved watching Jared Allen play this year. I think it's been a lot of fun. He'd be my MVP so far uh, next week. Another tough week for the Cavs busy week. They travel to Milwaukee to play the maybe secretly shitty bucks tomorrow night. <laughs> the bulls come to Cleveland on Wednesday Cavs travel then to Minnesota on Friday, close out the week on Saturday with a home game against the Sacramento Kings, uh, the Timberwolves and the Kings both have losing records, which is fantastic. All right. Fun to get some <laughs> losers on yeah. the schedule. So what do we think, uh, Phil over under two and a half wins next week? Oh man. I'm going to say the Cavs keep riding this streak and win three of those four games. So I'll go over Chuck director of gambling operations gonna, for the show. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to take the under there. That's a, that's a gosh, the house always wins. Girl. That's a good, that's a good line at two and a half. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to take the under there only because four games in the week and, and you said they play Saturday or Sunday. So they have a back-to-back -back when they're traveling. Yeah. They're in Minnesota yeah. Friday night, then back in Cleveland Saturday night against the Kings. Maybe they win those two, even with the traveling, but yeah, I'm going to stick with two. I'd be happy with two. I'm going to go with Phil. I'm going to say they find a way to go over and they get three. Uh, they're just playing really well right now. And every week I seem to go under on them and underestimate what they're going to do. And I'm not going to do it again. Let's go Cavs and things not looking great right now. They're down 10 against the Jazz with about six minutes left in the third. Plenty of basketball left to play. Hey, let's jump into the first of our 17-week preview for the start of the 2022 Guardian season, 17 Shades of Blue. <laughs> and this number may even go up because Major League Baseball is in a lockout. We don't know when spring training is going to start <laughs> next spring. So maybe this is going to be even higher. Uh, before the lockout, the Indian before the lockout, the Indians before the lockout, the guardians started taking steps to set their roster for next season. First thing they did was tender contracts to seven players who are arbitration eligible. And it didn't seem like that big a deal, except that there are a ton of really important names on the list. For instance, Shane Bieber signed a contract instead of going to arbitration, $4.8 million. And if you want to know why there's a lockout, that's why, because a former Cy Young winner is only making $4.8 million next year, instead of probably the 19 or 20 that he's worth. Naylor signed, uh, Cal Quantrill signed, Ahmed Rosario, Framil Reyes, Bradley Zimmer. The big splash free agent signing, Tribe signed. Jeez, I'm going to be doing this all season, aren't I? Yeah. Guardians <laughs> signed Eniel de Los Santos to a minor league deal. He made 33 appearances last year with Pittsburgh. He had a 647 ERA. I don't think he's going to make the program cover on opening day. So, Chucky, <laughs> scale of one to five, one being finding out Santa isn't real, five being Frosty the Snowman <laughs> melting in the spring. 
How surprised are you? The guardians did not make a splashy free agent move so far. That scale is uh, yeah, full of wait. disappointment at one. <laughs> and five. Yeah, right. so, no, it's surprise. So, it's surprise. So no, I was not, I guess I was not surprised at all. They didn't make any splash. If you're signing anybody from the pirates roster, <laughs> that's, that's no good. It, it tells you you're now, you're really not adding much in the off season. So not surprised at all, but I, still with that scale, I'm not sure which one I should pick between one and five. So I'll sit in the middle. I'll say it's a two and a half. <laughs> Phil, how about you? You surprised the guardians have not made a bigger move in free agency so far this off season? No, not at all. I, I, I couldn't be any less surprised. So is that a five on that scale? Yeah. Because Frosty. Yeah, okay. Melts, of oh, course, yeah, every yeah, spring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, what would be shockingly surprising would be if they signed a free agent and we heard of the guy before, right? Like, that would be a surprise. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I don't know if it has been this team's MO to be signing anybody this early in the process. They had some success waiting until the end of free agency and those few guys who were still kicking around who hadn't signed with anybody would sign a one-year deal or something. So I'm not surprised that they haven't done it yet. Although I do expect them still to do some things to try to get this first season as the guardians going off on the right foot. Um, but with the lockout now, there's nothing anybody can do uh, until that gets resolved. So it may be a few months before we hear anything more from the guardians any more of these moves, but we'll have to find something to talk about every week because now we got this bit. <laughs> All right, fellas, why don't we close out our first segment, take our first break, come back, head out on the road. Unprofessional and Unprepared is proud to be supported by and to use Marble Mouth Mouthwash. I'm sure you probably think the smooth-talking sons of bitches on Unprofessional and Unprepared never misspeak, fumble over their words, or slur multiple sentences into one long, jumbled mess of nouns and verbs. But you would be wrong. Like anyone else, we used to get nervous, talk too fast, or drink just enough to make ourselves sound ridiculous. For instance, why don't we go ahead and take our first break, and uh, when we come back, we'll head off the road. Or on the road. Yeah, fuck it. Bobby Bradley's got a nice dick, and he's... Theodore Roosevelt. Ah, All right, we'll start that over again. (laughs) I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and this week we discuss tribe spring... in Back a completely little bit. Interested. Yeah, right. Uninterested yeah, right, right. in the whole thing. Oh, scene. that's a tough one. Uninterested. It's been broadcast in high definition since it's thick. But that was before we found Marble Mouth Mouthwash and our free podcast broadcasting careers took off. Marble Mouth Mouthwash is specially blended to provide splendid pronunciation, enunciation, and locution when used as recommended by dentists and real doctors. Marble Mouth Mouthwash. We'll have you tackling the toughest tongue twisters like a seasoned pro. Ready to sound like you speak good? Then this product for you would be good. Marble Mouth Mouthwash. Clean it up. Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment. We'll head out on the road. We'll start in the NFL. And let's play a little, am I on to something or am I on something? First one, Antonio Brown. Terrible. Here's the thing. I don't think he plays again for Tampa this year. Am I on to something or am I on something? I think you're on to something. I, I think they're using his his minor nagging injury as an excuse to keep him off the field. I don't want to get into splitting hairs between you, you know the the different violations of policy and in, in, by your employer sets forth. But I feel like when you violate a policy that your employer has set forth, uh, you don't get to work for them anymore. Chuck, what do you think? I never thought he would play again after his past infractions and in, in life off the field. But uh, TB12 
who is still a pretty good quarterback, uh, spread the ball around just fine without him today. Uh, but again, uh, in any, it doesn't matter what league we're talking about. Talent usually trumps uh, yeah. assery off the field. <laughs> um, it, it was more of like a slap on the wrist, fine wise or whatever. Like it wasn't a real fine. It wasn't anything like that. So um, you, you're probably onto something. He might not be the only person. So an example needs to be set, I guess, uh, who's pulling that crap in the NFL. So maybe he doesn't play again this year. I just wonder what it's like to be his teammate. Imagine being Tom Brady, who not only has gone to bat for this dude, but is also like a health nut who is trying to like maintain his body perfectly so he can keep playing. And you got a guy coming in and not just accepting that if you're unvaccinated, you just got to follow some other protocols. Right. You know, it's not exactly. like you can't play. It's not like you right. can't be on the right. team. You just got to follow other rules. And just this guy's just like, nah, fuck it. I'll just get this fake vaccine card and just do whatever the hell. And you got all these other guys who are like, wait a minute, man. Like we thought you were good to go. And we acted like it around. You. That's the biggest I problem. Think that, I think the problem is going to be the teammates. It's not yeah. necessarily the league. Um, because you're exactly right. There was a protocol in place for the unvaccinated to yeah. stay safe and be a part of the team simply by being tested all the time. So if, if the team is under the impression that you are vaccinated, guess what doesn't happen? You don't get tested all the time. So here's a guy walking around yeah. who could be just yeah. a carrier of this thing. And no one is the wiser. And just like, it's, it's not like he couldn't play unvaccinated. It just, there was a different right. set of rules he had right. to go through. Right. Just stupid. That's, that's what I wonder about it. Whether he'll, he'll play again. I, if I were his teammate, I'd be like, get the f- out, man. Like we, we can't have this. You, you put yeah. the whole season at risk, you know, yeah. let alone our health. You know, if we had an outbreak because of you, uh, we're done. I don't think he plays again. We'll see. I guess he'll go through that suspension and then maybe they'll cut him when it's over. Yeah. The better question is, is that I think they're starting strong safety with one of the guys too. And their secondary is rotten. So they really need that dude. So does that dude get to stay (laughs) and Brown have to go? I don't know. But speaking of Tampa Bay, because that's what we're on today, uh, Tom Brady should be retired. Uh, he threw for 368 yards and four <laughs> touchdowns today, but I'll tell you what, I think he should retire because I don't think Tampa Bay is making it to the Super Bowl with this defense because that defense continues to look bad. So Chuck, am I on something or am I on to something? I guess if we're looking at who they would be matched up against in the playoffs, I, I, I don't know. I mean, if, if Tom Brady's going to throw for almost 400 yards a game and four touchdowns, Maybe you don't you don't need as great as the defense as they had last year. Maybe they find a different way to get there. So maybe you're he's the most clutch quarterback too in playoff history. So I'm gonna say you're not. What was the other option? You're not on something. You're, you're on, on, something. on something. You Jeez. are on something, right? There we go. Yeah, I've played this game before, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so what do you think? Am I yeah, on to something or am I on something? So uh, I'm, I'm judging that based on whether the Buccaneers make the Super Bowl again or whether Tom Brady should be retired. Tom Brady should be retired because they're not making the Super Bowl because of that defense. So he should just call it quits. You're on something because uh, <laughs> Tom, Tom Brady's on record uh, saying he's going to play until he's 50. And why not? Right. So I, I think you're on something. I, I think you may be right. Like they might not make it to the Super Bowl because of that defense. But I don't think Tom Brady should just uh, run and hide. All right, let's move over to the AFC. You can only for sure right now, after 12 weeks, 13 weeks of the NFL season, you can only for sure eliminate four AFC teams from the playoffs. Texans, Jets, Jags, and Dolphins. And I 
could, if you wanted to twist my arm, throw the Colts in too, just based on who they still have to play this year. So am I on something or am I on to something, Phil? You said the Colts? Yeah. I could be I could be talked the into the Colts. Both of them are in the hunt. Uh, huh. The Colts have to play the Patriots, the Cardinals, and the Raiders still this season. All right. Well, this is going to be an unpopular take, but if you're going to throw the Colts into that list, you might as well throw the Browns into that list because of who they have <laughs> left to play yeah, as well. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, then um, just stick with the stick with the first four because you're right. Like I, you, yeah, I don't yeah. think you can fully count out the Colts. I don't think you can fully count out the Browns. I think that's the point. With this right, far right. into the season, Texans, Jets, Jags, and Dolphins, I think, are the only ones you can truly eliminate from the playoffs in the AFC. Yeah, you're absolutely onto something. That is exactly what is the case right now. I mean, there's four teams that are terrible and have no chance, maybe even mathematically, I don't know. But uh, And then the rest of the conference is right there, um, depending on how these last, you know what, we got five more weeks after this one, how they pan out. You might have a bunch of people at 10 and six where coming or 10 and seven. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <about that. laughs> Goddamn guardians. <laughs> no. Gotta stop changing things in all these. Yeah. I know <laughs> yeah. this is crazy. Uh, so 10 and seven coming into the season. I don't think any of us thought that would be a playoff record. And now that's might be exactly what you're looking at in the AFC. Yeah. So are there four or five teams at 10 and seven? And how do you start splitting the tiebreakers? Chuck, am I on something? Or am I on to something? Yeah, that's... Uh... You okay, Chuck? <laughs> Let me on. Should I call someone? You know, I'm just, just trying to down. think of the math <laughs> in my brain here. He just yeah. rebooted. <laughs> I'm not going to eliminate the, the Colts who are playing really well or the Dolphins whose defense all of a sudden looks really great. Mathematically, I'm, I'm relying on the graphic that CBS puts up that says, you know, on the bubble over here on the far right. But yeah, I, I just think the AFC is going to continue to trade off wins. Uh, inside division for the next couple of weeks. So uh, you might be onto something only because I think that Colts team probably can make the playoffs. But you'd be in on the Dolphins making the playoffs still too. Like, I think the Dolphins are done. They're I think playing it's better just but because they, but they're, they're in the same it. division as the Patriots. Right. And well, one of those teams tonight or tonight or tomorrow is going to lose. The Patriots play the Bills. So and it's not like the Bills have looked unbeatable over the past couple of weeks. So no. uh, if the Patriots win there, uh, yeah. I think in that group of teams you're listing, the, the Colts are uh, have the best chance of, even with their tough schedule, um, have the best chance of possibly making the playoffs. Though it gets more complicated with the Chargers winning today and now having a tiebreaker over if the if our Cleveland Browns would even get there or the Bengals would get there. So yeah, it's going to come down to math on week yeah. 18 or 17. Right there now. are yeah. a lot of tiebreakers that I think are going to go against the Browns the last week yeah. of the season if they can yeah. even get themselves or even keep themselves in the conversation over the next three weeks. Uh, we'll see. All right. Last one. But for the fact that he's a douche, Aaron Rodgers should be the MVP of the league this year. Chuck. <laughs> I can't take his douchiness out of it. Um, a, a guy we talk about more on <laughs> I the think show. You're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talk about this dude on the show more. Gosh, next to Baker Mayfield, he's the most talked well on Tom Brady. Uh, he's a top three quarterback on the pod. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know, man. Tom Brady's having a great year. The running back in uh, Indianapolis is having a great year. Yep. So if it was the baseball writers uh, voting, I would say <laughs> that guy has no chance because he's such a, c we'll, we'll see how he goes the rest of the year, but I, I don't know. I, I just, I've, I've soured on that guy so dramatically that uh, I hope he does not get the MVP this year. Numbers don't lie though. He's having an absolutely yeah. awesome season. Phil, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, I think, unfortunately, uh, you're on to something. And, and I agree. I mean, despite his douchiness, he's probably 
the odds on favorite to win the MVP, especially if his, the way his season has been going continues for the rest of it. All right, let's move on and talk about something just as much fun. Let's talk about the Major League Baseball lockout. Players and owners could not come to a deal. Lockout started uh, late last week. These cunts had a meeting that lasted seven minutes <laughs> last week. <laughs> like, imagine, put yourself in the shoes of the people who attended that meeting. Like, how pissed off you'd be. Like, you've got this meeting on your calendar. You get yourself packed. You take a flight the night before. Check into your hotel. Spend the night there. Get up, drink that shitty hotel room packet of coffee before you go. You know, then you walk downstairs, <laughs> take the elevator, whatever. You get to the meeting, you're unpacking all your stuff, your files, get your notepad out, you're ready to go. Seven minutes later, everybody gets up and walks out. And you're just like, throw your hands up in the air. What the hell are you doing? Like, you've already checked out of your hotel. You've got nothing to do with like your bags. You know, you got to find another place to like spend the day because your flight doesn't leave until that night. And you're just stuck because this meeting lasted seven minutes long. What a mess. A bunch of assholes couldn't sit for 10, couldn't sit for a half an hour and talk about this stuff. Give me a break. <laughs> this is the first baseball lockout since 1990. Do you know, I love to put things into perspective. So 1990 is the year when smoking was banned on cross country flights. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my wow. You could smoke on an airplane. Wow. <laughs> uh, it was the first broadcast of a digital HD TV event, which was really? a world cup game. It's also the oh. year the first known web page was written. The issue for the lockout should not be a surprise. The players are trying to cut down on those early career years of control that teams have. They want free agency sooner. They want to get rid of the service time manipulation, which is always a problem. Phil, start us off. Take a side. Management or player? Oh, I'm going to stick it to the man. I'm going with the players. <laughs> Chucky, I don't know how why. about you? It's just daytime pod. <laughs> if any of my meetings that I have on a weekly basis lasted seven minutes. I'd be so happy. Yeah, me too. <laughs> They're such time robbers, but this seems, this seems really important. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to go with the players too. Uh, it seems that uh, the NBA at least is, is putting more power in players' hands. I don't know if the NFL will ever do that, but you know, I, I guess we got to be careful what we wish for here. Right. Because if I'm, I'm a player guy, but you know, the Indians have done a really nice job controlling those uh -huh. players guardians uh, in service <laughs> stuff. The, oh, the guardians apologies. Yeah. Yeah. My, my one mistake to your 20 today. Oh, uh, I will still say that. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. When it comes to the guardians, that's no oh, guardian. So I'm a, I'm a player guy, especially in this day and age, they should have as much flexibility as they want. I'm on the player side. Everyone's going to point to the guys making a ton of money, right? Like, cause there are those guys, but you take the player side in this and I haven't spent the time to get all the facts yet, <laughs> but you know, it's it, like to your point, Gerbs, it's, it's the, the control issue. You've got teams that are finagling player control with guys that yeah. they aren't the guys making 20 mil a year. They're the guys that are trying to get a major league contract. I understand that from a player's perspective. Yeah, there was the guy, and his name is escaping me right now, but yeah. he was, uh, he played for the Cubs and he was a Vegas kid too. I should, it'll come to me, but where Andre it was Dawson? No. <laughs> Sammy Sosa. No. Mark Grace. No, just recently. Ryan Sandberg? Just recently. You guys are assholes. Oh. Never having you on the show. Ryan Sandberg the was the again. tallest second baseman to ever play the game. Um, no, the, the kid from the kid from Vegas who came up and you knew he was going to be one of the best players on the Cubs and they stuck him in the minors for another month and a half just so they could make sure they got another full season of control over him. And I get how that pisses players off. I'm almost always a player guy. I have no problem with 
professional athletes making the money that they make, because I think the free market dictates that that's what their services are worth. My problem with this particular thing, though, is exactly what you're saying, Chuck. The Guardians and other small market teams survive on this control. This is what Tampa Bay does. This is what the Guardians do. This is what Kansas City did when it made its its run, is you've got to get these guys early keep them under control, maybe trade some of those control years for like a little bit more money and a longer contract the way the Indians did like with Jose Ramirez. You need that. If we side with the players too much and the players win, I don't know, man. I think maybe it becomes really hard to compete. What's the solution? Because I agree that Shane Bieber is worth more than $5 million a year, but how do you keep teams like the Guardians? How do you keep them competitive if these guys can become free agents in three years, because Bieber would have gone out and signed a contract for 25 million bucks. If he was a free agent, I don't know enough about major league baseball contracts. I don't know about any sporting contracts, but are they in, in any way incentive based? Like Bieber's only making whatever four and a half or 5 million, but Hey, you make an all-star team, you get 2 million. You make, you win the Cy young, you get 10 million. Well, I think that that money kind of sits in a different place. I think you can do that. And that's like when they signed those deals, like this is what they did back in the nineties with Albert and Kenny Lofton and Charles Nagy and Sandy. And when you sign those contracts and you, you're basically buying their early free agent years, you can do, you can put in there whatever you want. So yeah, you could do it incentive based like that, but the deal that Bieber signed this week, because he essentially had no choice. He was either going to go to arbitration and get 4.8 million or sign a contract and get 4.8 million, you know, or go to arbitration, get 4.5. And so we toss on a little bit more, but he wasn't going to be able to go there and get a million bucks for, if I hit 20 wins, I want a million bucks. If um, we go to the playoffs, you know, like you're saying, the guardians have no reason to offer him (laughs) that money because he could never, he's not entitled to anything like that right now. Unfortunately, we want to take the player side, but we also root for a team that needs the control to operate the way they currently operate. So maybe a potential solution. And I, I've heard talk of this in the past and I, you know, I don't really know all the details and what it would entail for a a market like Cleveland, but major league baseball and their collective bargaining, they're not going to put a salary cap on anything anytime soon. No. um, Because you've got the teams on the coast that are just going to spend $250 million and rake in all the the money oh, the for players, MLB. the players would never agree oh, to it. The major course. league baseball union is pretty powerful. So they're never going to agree to that. Maybe what offsets what we're talking about here in a market like Kansas city or Cleveland or what have you is more of a, a salary floor. So you can't go into any season like the guardians just did and trot $45 million worth of payroll right. out there. Like right. You're forced yeah. to spend 90 million or above. And then you start signing guys like Shane Bieber to what he's worth because Hey, you know what? We've got to, we've got to throw this amount of money out there anyway. And here's a Cy Young award winner. Let's give him his 15 yeah. mil a year and sign him for five years. Yeah. My selfishness overcomes my man of the peopleness. And yeah. um, I'm yeah. I with management. Yeah. Crush these guys, bring in some scabs. Let's uh, <laughs> let's get control of this situation and keep the current structure. <laughs> Uh, which by the way, seems like a good place to end fellas. Why don't we close out this segment, take our final break, come back. We'll head off the field. Unprofessional and unprepared is brought to you by this proud sponsor. Baby bladder syndrome or BBS affects one in eight adult males in their mid forties. 
and can impact regular daily life functions like helping kids with homework, watching any television show longer than 28 minutes, and walking more than a mile without a bathroom break. BBS is especially difficult for podcasters. A BBS-afflicted podcaster lives in fear of the too-long segment or an overly talkative guest. That's why we here at Unprofessional and Unprepared developed the first-ever personal catheter urination system specifically designed for podcasters. The PodCath is discreet and easy to use and reuse during any podcast. When your BBS acts up during a show, don't panic, run for the bathroom, or just let it fly. Instead, slip on the PodCath and let your hot takes flow while you flow into one of three handy disposable pouches. The PodCath can be customized for all sizes, even the one you think you are, and can be matched to your skin tone. The PodCath's patented urine pouches are discreetly disguised as a briefcase, backpack, or large fanny pack, so you can carry with confidence even after you fill them up. Don't let BBS interrupt you. Pod freely for as long as you want with the PodCath. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We'll head off the field, and we'll talk movies and musicals. West Side Story is coming back to the big screen. It will be released on December 10th, and it's directed by none other than Steven Spielberg, who I don't think is a guy we've ever talked about, but holy cow. Uh, let's run through the Spielberg stat line. His movies have grossed a total of $10.1 billion, that's with a B, worldwide. He gets a cut of every ticket sold at Universal Studios theme parks because of the attractions that are made from his movies. Uh, he's been nominated for dozens of Oscars, won a bunch. He won uh, Best Director twice and Best Picture once. He directed Jaws, The Color Purple, Indiana Jones, Saving Private Ryan, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, and of course, E.T. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he actually co-directed a scene in Scarface and did not receive a credit for it because he just showed up while they were filming the scene. But it's when... Uh, the cops enter Tony Montaigne's home at the end for that like climactic battle. He filmed part of that scene. Uh, he produced the Back to the Future movies, several of the Transformer movies, Men in Black, and Poltergeist. So, Chuck, we'll start with you. Impossible question. <laughs> what is Spielberg's best movie? Well, it's not E.T. for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's rough. Fuck, as a director? Alien, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, as, as a, a director, director or producer. As a director. Uh, so you said Jaws, The Color Purple. What were the other ones? All the Indiana Save Jones movies, Saving yeah. Private Ryan, the Jurassic Park movies, Schindler's yeah. List. I'm more like a what have you done for me lately, guys? Guy hasn't had a hit since the <laughs> mid 90s. Anyway, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's it's probably as a director, probably Saving Private Ryan, I would assume, just because anytime that movie's on, no matter if it's uh, five hours with commercials, I'm going to watch at least part of it. We're all movie guys, right? And I can remember seeing that in a theater yeah. in that first 30 minutes, my hands being like so tense and gripped on the chair because it was just yeah. so intense. Uh, he did just such a great job with that film. So I'm going to I'm probably say my personal opinion, his his best directing job was Saving Private Ryan. Man, this is you're right. This is an impossible question to answer. I, uh, Saving Private Ryan was a fantastic movie. Uh, great movie. I I love the Indiana Jones franchise growing up. So one of, I mean, I, I'll watch them to this day if they're on. I just, I just, watch. yeah, they're absolutely. Great, great Didn't he do Goonies? Did he do Goonies? Was that yes, on the list? he might have produced Goonies. Oh, okay. 
I thought he was involved with so yeah. uh, like so much of our childhood. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Thank you, Steven Spielberg, right? Best movie he directed. Personally, I'm gonna go with either Raiders of the Lost Ark or The Last Crusade, because those are my two favorite Indiana Jones movies. Well, Temple but, of Doom sucked, so I, I can yeah, see why those yeah. are your favorite. <laughs> so I skipped that one. Well, and there's and there's there's another one after that and another one coming up. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, but, yeah eventually uh, they made too many of those, I yeah. think. But, you know. But that's that's voting with my heart. I think the best movie, I mean, the best movie, that's hard. I, I, Saving Private Ryan was a fantastic film. I mean, that was, especially in that, in that time frame, like that yeah. was something like, wow, we have not experienced something like that before. And I don't think you can sleep on things like Jaws and Jurassic Park. How about either, Jurassic Park? No, yeah, I yeah. love I mean, those are, no, yeah. yeah. Like I said, impossible question to answer. <laughs> even, like, you know, like, because I'm Googling it as we talk, I'm, I'm taking Ready Player One is an awesome movie. Yeah. And that's the first movie he's directed in a while, at least until West Side Story. So you can even catch me if you can is his movie too. And there's yeah, lot. he's really yeah, good. Super 8 yeah. was good. Yeah, um, yeah Super 8. Yeah, there's um, no that you you can't stop. Like I could have just read from his Wikipedia page and we'd be here all night going through the different movies. Now I, I'm interested. Ready Player One is one that I never saw. Oh, well, what I is that? like it a lot? So it was Ready Player One was a book, and then they made it a movie. But it's kind of if you watch it uh, after you go back and listen to the pod where we talked about the about meta. That's what it is, um, where these people live inside an avatar. Uh, and they're trying to unlock this prize to control the avatar. But the pop culture stuff in it is ridiculous. So if you've seen it three, four, five times like I have, you start noticing like, oh, hey, there's Pee-wee's bike from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Like that, like all the pop culture stuff is in it. They do an Weird. awesome job with the shining in it as well. So, uh, yeah, if you ever like, what, what should I watch tonight? Watch Ready Player One, uh, especially for people in our demo, because it just relies on so many other movies and pop culture references from our childhood. Jeez, I'll check that one out. My choice for best one is the one that I think I least like to rewatch, but it's Schindler's List. Yeah, um, yeah. you can't rewatch it. But I think when that movie came out, I remember thinking for the very first time, like I'm watching art. It's not just a movie. It's not just an entertaining movie. Like th there's art in this. You know, you had the uh, it's all in black and white. Right. And then you have the the girl in like the red coat and the red coat comes back like later on. And you're just like, holy shit. Even at like 22 years old, I was emotionally moved by that one. Saving Private Ryan, I think, is the next big choice, because I agree that the first 20 minutes of that movie, you can barely sit through it. Um, it's right. the first action movie I think I ever watched where I didn't want there to be any more action. Like, this yeah. is too awful, man. I don't want to see any more of this. Um, so I mean, it's just the depth of what that guy has done to do Saving Private Ryan, Schindler's List, and The Color Purple all in one career. It's just ridiculous to me. West Side Story comes out on December 10th. Phil, are you going to go see West Side Story? No. No? <laughs> 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 I'll watch. I'll watch it when it's available in my home. I think, but you know, I, I will watch it eventually. I'm not going to go to the theater to see it though. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Phil here. I, I saw something earlier this week that said like 49% of people have yet to return to a movie theater, and I am in that 49%. And this is a guy who went every week to a movie. Uh, yeah. Even uh, before the kid, we would go every week. Didn't matter if the movie was good or bad. So if I am choosing to go back, it's not going to be for West Side Story, but I will watch it. <laughs> you know, like it's 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 nothing against that. You know, like I'm I'm happy he's getting his musical because I don't think he's ever had a musical. Right. But the original, I don't I don't know if you both have seen the original West Side Story if you're a musical fan it's it's always rough for me to go well shit you know like is it going to improve on that or is it going to be better than that and the guy who's playing the lead from baby driver whatever that dude's name is sometimes i don't 
buy in. I didn't really buy into him in Baby Driver, so I don't know how well he'll be in, how good he'll be in this film. But I, I will still watch it. I'm with Phil. Like if when it's on HBO Plus or Max or One or whatever the f it is, I will be watching. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe maybe this is a poorly asked question um, because I'm probably not going to go see it in the theater early. But like, I guess really the thing is, is are you excited to see what he does with it? And I guess I am because I yeah. I like musicals. Man, I grew up with this stuff. Man, my my parents were playing records of West Side Story when I was a little kid. I could probably sing you half of these songs that are that are going to be in the show. Um, Go, <laughs> do it. Put it on the. Yeah. Well, I guess you have to, Phil. Um, yeah, right. But um, I recognize the music. I recognize the story. I think that the reviews are that Spielberg has made a much grittier version than the one that came out probably in like the 60s when this was a movie or, or the even the original musical. Uh, so I'm interested in seeing it, although I agree with you. I haven't been to a theater in a really long time, and I'm definitely going to watch it at home. Definitely going to watch <laughs> yeah. it at home. Yeah. It, yeah. It'll be a good time, but I'm going to watch it at home. Moving on, can't, of course, end an episode without talking about the worst fantasy league ever. I don't think we can do our regular bit because we're recording in the middle of the games. Uh, we still have lots of players still going. We're going to do things a little bit differently. So, Phil, as you sit here at this exact moment, would you bet on your team winning or losing this week? Winning. <laughs> Good deal, because you're playing Joe. Yes. <laughs> Chuck, what about you? Losing. Because uh, no matter what I'm doing, and I still picked up somebody, I think, off the waiver wire on Friday, it comes down to, to tomorrow night, I think, uh, or later tonight. I have a bunch of guys going, but I'm also playing Bonhart, who seems to be a stud at yeah. fantasy sports. So, uh, best I'm fantasy gonna... manager ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> would have never guessed that. I would not bet on my team to win. Seems like everybody on Burke's team is scoring 30 today. I think he could beat me with five guys. We have one week before the playoffs start. So things are starting to get tightened a little bit in the champions division. Um, the battle for two playoff spots in the champions conference is between Denko and Miller and me, because I'm going to be, I'm going to lose Tommy this week. I'll be seven and six. looks like Miller's going to win. He's going to be seven and six Denko. You're going to be six and seven. So three of us vying for the last two playoff spots, Chucky Denko's hanging on by the thread. Can he make it? Well, I hope so because I see his face every week. Um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm a big fan of him and we should be friends. <laughs> we should be friends. So, um, and I know he actually takes it somewhat seriously, at least the the uh, fantasy sports stuff. So I hope you make it, Phil. Um, I'm in your corner because I'm pretty sure I'm going to be sitting on the bench for the playoffs after an early start where I was winning now. Uh, no, you're uh, in. No, you're I'm you in. Got, you got Joe in your conference. Yeah, you're fine. I'm in with like a five and eight record. <laughs> Almost everybody's in. <laughs> Except so, for Joe. <laughs> so do you, you extended the playoffs to six positions three teams in each conference will make it. is oh okay so i yeah. that's what i was asking yeah so it's not top just six just overall. three teams it's, in each conference three teams. Yep. okay all right yikes my what my, do you think phil the best i can do is to end the regular season seven and seven and that might be rough in our division because you'd have to lose out yep right and so would miller. miller would have yeah and i don't yeah. play either one of you guys next week so right <laughs> um, yeah i don't know I, I i think i may be um on the outside looking in here but hey you know what I'm bringing my A game today. I'm going to bring my A game again next week, and we'll just see where the chips fall. <laughs> All right. Speaking of next week, let's talk some shit. Chuck. Oh, no. You play me next week. I do? You do. Close Are out you... the regular season. Since you're, you're in the in... playoffs. I've still got something to play for. I'm in with my record, and you're – well, we're in different – I'm a chump, yeah. and you're a champ. Correct. Huh. <laughs> Would it help you if I'm in, Gerb? Like, much like in the NFL season – 
You gonna arrest you, your team for me? Yes. Would yeah. you like me to arrest my team? I would. That'd be awesome. Please put kickers <laughs> in all ten spots. Hey, wait a minute. That? Wait a minute. Alex. I don't like this idea at all. Listen, I gotta say, when I was locked out of uh, fantasy football earlier this year, there was only one man who stepped up and stepped in and helped me get on the right track and renamed my team the Taylor Swiss. Now I haven't really won many games, if any, <laughs> since that name change. But still, if there's any way I could help you, Gerb. So if I'm going to talk shit, uh, I, I don't think I'm, I'm going to because I don't know if in our group of friends, if they were the commissioner, would they do what you did and stepped in for me? So uh, there's no shit talking, man. I think next week I might drop all my players and just pick up the shittiest or anybody who's on IR is going to be starting for the Taylor Swift next week. I think the playoffs are better if Jason Gerber is in him. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm playing you. Oh. Um, oh. <laughs> and, and for years, you've accused me of stealing your North Carolina hat, uh, even though you gave it to me. Your diminishing memory is something I think I can take advantage of. You're going down next week, no matter who you start. Danko, you play Tersic. Oh, Tersic. The Manaway Maulers are good, aren't they? Um, they are. So yeah. my, my team is backed into a corner. I'm in a, I'm in a, I've been playing in the playoff mode for the last three weeks, boys. <laughs> <laughs> must win every week. Matthew Tersic. I know this to be factual. Uh, his favorite character on the wonderful sitcom cheers was Lilith. And I think, what? yeah, I think that ridiculous judgment is going to oh. help me win because he's going to bench some dudes that should really be starting next week. <laughs> and I'm just going to roll his team. Well, you need to reach out to him and get him to do what Chuck is doing. You need to get him to sit all his starters. He's in sit for him. sure. Hey, he's just I'd playing like to, proceeding at this point. Yeah. He's in for sure. Chuck, feel free to sit your starters, but don't cut them because you're going to need them the next week. <laughs> yeah, no, no, cut them. <laughs> no. In the first Girl, round of the playoffs. You don't want Noah Fonsbacker? I, can, uh, I, I think I, I might don't. have cut him again this week. All right, boys, we're out of time. I'm out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning that the scientists who created the first living robots now confirm that the robots can reproduce. Oh, yeah. They can also self-heal. With that news, the goddamn Skynet is only like two years away. <laughs> I hope you guys have a great week. Let's get together and do this again real soon. Absolutely. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> and is set at about 1700 feet above sea level don't, don't you think you that go ahead Gers. uh no go ahead phil hey let's jump into the first of our 17 week preview for the 2020 <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> phil how about you you surprised the indians didn't make any bigger moves so far this offseason did i call them the no, indians no. again you did. You might have yep. guardians I know, yeah. <laughs> for the Indians to compete. Guardians. Damn it. guardians. guardians. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a hard episode to edit for sure. <laughs> Leave it. Uh, and so, <laughs> yeah, right. so what's this tribe has no reason. <gasps> like the, the guardians just did. The scientists who created the first living robot, <clears throat> the scientists who created the first living robot,
Robot? Why can't I say the, for, the word it's robot? Indians? It's pronounced guardians. <laughs> guardians? <laughs> Weren't you shocked as a kid to find out that Santa wasn't real? I was really young when it happened. My cousin ruined it for me. Uh, I think oh. I was, I wasn't even second. I might've been in like kindergarten when that oh happened. Oh gosh, that's awful. Jeez, that's got to yeah. impact you yeah. for the rest of your life. It, I think maybe that's why I love Christmas so much. Uh, he was older than me. Quick here. I'll do it quick. Uh, we were playing in the garage um, and we were sitting <laughs> in cars and faking like we were driving. And then um, there was a car cover on like a, a bench and he pulled me over to it and he's like, Hey, you ready for Christmas? And I was like, yeah, of course. I love Christmas. I love Santa. So yeah, you're ready. Right. And he pulled the tarp over and all the gifts were underneath it. And he's like, there's your Santa Claus. Oh, oh my God. My God. And, uh, you still talk to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has yeah, karma yeah done only, anything uh, to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <no kidding. How about these calves? I know that's what that's the entire reason What's why I score? stopped it right Damn there. It. it was like, holy yeah. cow, man. Um, tie game. <laughs> you gotta that's win just, out. Who do they have? Stop left shooting threes, than... calves. What are you doing? Like they just had um, what's like the a score layup. on your TV, Gerbs? 107-106, Utah. Oh, dang it. I'm behind. Minute 58 okay, left. <laughs> You're yelling, and I'm looking at the score. I'm like, We're winning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm only down by one, but they just still like, calves. Yeah. Damn it, they, I'm way behind here. They just passed up a, a layup to shoot. It's still 9182 on my uh, web browser. <laughs> I'm at two minutes left, 107, 106 now. 109, 106 now. Damn it. I'm way behind here. So if the Ravens lose, they have five losses. Oh, nice we, rebound. We, we have six losses right now. So if we could beat them next week, both teams would have six losses. And then you see how the rest of the season plays yeah, out. Yeah. Um, in oh, Green Bay, get a right? Rebound. In Green on Bay Christmas? on Christmas at like four o'clock. Well, at least saw something to do on Christmas. Now that I know Santa's not real. <laughs> <laughs> Damn oh, it. man, your cousin's a dick. Really? Man, I, does he live yeah. locally? I'm going to yeah. go find Oh, him. huge block. <laughs> He's in San Diego. Oh, we got it's, it's 109, 108 with 17 seconds left. Cavs just took a timeout. Jared mm. Allen just had a block, or maybe it was Mobley had a block to. Uh, I better bring up that Dofu Sports app here. Now I need to yeah, it was Mobley had a great block. You, on, not, on, oh, how man. disappointed are you in uh, the Ohio State Utah matchup? I know, man. What the hell? It really surprises me. I thought they would be in. I thought they'd end up playing like Notre Dame for sure. It, it only yeah, made, I like, thought for all sure. the storylines. Marcus Freeman's their Notre new coach, Dame. four yeah. year starter for yeah. the Buckeyes. Yeah. Like, come on, like why yeah. is that not the matchup? Yeah. Because we kicked um, the shit out of Notre Oklahoma Dame every State. time we play them like, in the bowl game. Like even Oklahoma State, not yeah. Utah. Well, I mean, Utah's not in the Pac-10, though. Like Utah's like a... Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Mountain West? Oh, are not they a Mountain thing West? anymore? I well, wait, no, no, no. Again, you, no, maybe no, they, they changed these conferences on us. <laughs> I think because Utah's who beat Oregon most recently. That was that big that big night game that uh, when Oregon had one loss. I think Utah oh, had okay. their second yeah. loss. So I thought so that they was must in be. conference. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. My Cavs stream just froze. Come on. I'm finally Garland at Garland dribbles down, spinning seconds. around, oh. out of control. Yeah. Seven. Five seconds left. Garland with a really oh, deep just three. A huge three. Oh. oh. Damn it. <laughs> hey. I'm Man. still in timeout. I'll tell you what. <laughs> um, I'll take the Cavs. I had a chance to win. This against... team. 
yeah down to the wire like that any day of the week yeah, yeah for I'll sure put the, put the ball in garland's hands jazz too. Team no problem with is that really good this is the game of the week huh well yeah that's that is historically based <laughs> not yeah. based on anything this right. year it'd be awesome if if the Steelers won, that'd be great. We're gonna, get to, lost, We're gonna get to it. We're gonna get to it. Yeah. We're gonna get to oh. it. You just want to start the show? Oh geez. All right. <laughs> Chuck was hey, demanded we do it early. To unprofessional then... <laughs> and unprepared. <laughs> now he wants to run the show. I'm Jeez. your host, Jason Gerber. And this week, you, you did ask him if you wanted to start the show, and he started the show. <laughs> All right, boys. I think I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to take my wife out to dinner on a Sunday. Enjoy dinner. Thank you. Yeah. Fifty-two weeks. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, congrats on a full year of podcasts, by the way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. Congrats. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This has been great, guys. You sure? Have a good evening. Oh, hey, Chip. (laughs) You saying something? (laughs) Say say yeah. (laughs) Say yeah. yeah. You want to say anything? All right, that's close. Uh, close enough. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. Sometimes that's how yeah. I feel too. Yeah. <laughs> right. All, All right, boys. boys enjoy have your a great evening. night. Chuck, you right, say guys. hi to everybody for us. Love Not you guys. Sure, have a good night. Love See you guys. Bye. Later. What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown? You didn't use you?